Okay, everyone, welcome back to our podcast. Zach Naylor here, co-founder and CEO at Aurelius. This episode is going to be pretty different. It's just me and Joseph, our CTO and co-founder here as well. And we decided that we have a lot of pretty cool and interesting thoughts to share with people. So we're starting another track of our podcast called Inside Aurelius. This is an experiment of sorts, but basically what we're going to do is share things that are on our minds, what we're working on, and what it's like inside Aurelius. So, you know, what we're working on, why it's important to us, and share some thoughts on how we're building our own company and product, which is, by the way, 100% bootstrapped, just Joseph and I. Uh, I certainly hope that you get something of value out of it, and we're open to suggestions for topics. In fact... If you have a question or topic you'd like to hear us discuss, uh, please feel free to send it along to us. Now, I want to warn you up front, this episode has a good bit of language and swearing in it. So if you're listening in a public space, at work, or around sensitive ears, you might want to put on some headphones or whatever you need to do. Again, fair warning up front, there is coarse language in this episode. All right, so... Joseph and I got around to chatting about a bunch of things, but there were a few central topics in this particular conversation. We talked a lot about how developers should participate in and have a stake in user research and really caring about what our customers' needs are for a number of reasons. Through this, we shared a lot of personal experience, both in working together as well as not in, you know, when we were working independently of each other, and some stories about how we've done this and made better projects and products as a result. We then, of course, talk about some ways we think that we can further bridge the gap between research or UX and the design or the development and engineering teams. This is a topic that's pretty passionate for us lately, and you can expect some more conversations with us and other guests probably around this to come. Now, finally, I just want to mention that if you're trying to get the most out of your user research and feedback, as well as make sense of it and share it with your teams to build better products, then I'd invite you to check out what we built with Aurelius. It's our very own user research and insights tool for people just like you and I, where we help you add, tag, organize, and search all of your user research notes and customer feedback so you can quickly make sense of what you learned to inform better designs, products, and features in your own work. We've got a 14-day free trial. You can sign up on our website over at AureliusLab.com. That is www.aureliuslab.com. We'd really love to hear what you think. All right, let's get on with it. Here's our first episode of Inside Aurelius. So what are we going to talk about? Um, let's talk about products and shit. We've been building one for a while now. <laughs> More than a while now. <laughs> um, it's, so it's probably a good idea to talk about why there's an episode listening to us instead of a guest. Mm-hmm. Well, people are used to hearing you anyway. Yeah, I suppose. Although I try not to do as much talking when we have guests. That's true. <laughs> I try to let the guest be the showcase of it. But sure. yeah, well, I mean, we... We decided that we should do a podcast because I, we believe that the things that we're doing, both at our company, uh, our product, yeah. Aurelius, are important and useful for people to hear. I think it'd be helpful. Yeah, if you go back, <clears throat> I know it's been a while since we recorded that first episode together, but the very first episode that we did together, we talked about why we started the company in the first place, why we started building Aurelius. 
So what is the theme that we want to talk about this time? Yeah, well, there's a couple of different things. I, I think it's useful to talk about why Aurelius is what it is today. So we just recently launched version two of Aurelius for anybody following along the whole journey for those not and maybe just getting introduced to us. Um, yeah, we had version one of the product. Mm-hmm. Version one Aurelius, which technically me, was even our second version at the time. That's true because we had beta for that version. But uh <laughs> yeah, I mean so well, whatever. That that version was we you know, what I've told people <clears throat> and I was recently on the podcast with Kurt, and I think this came up, one of the things I said is uh we're we're the first ones who are happy and readily able to admit that we built too much too soon. And you know, while that product had some success, version one, the, the very things that we talk about with our product now, and always have of listening to your customer, building that feedback loop, taking action on that, making decisions based on that is exactly why we are at version two of Aurelius, right? So, cause what happened was we had all, we had all of these sets of functionality in Aurelius and we realized through the process of connecting with our customers frequently and often as well as even prospects mm-hmm. that the thing they were really focused on was being able to manage collect and make a sense of user research and that was just a part of the old platform right yeah and when we first started it that wasn't even something that i had really had a lot of experience with either um being a software developer by trade um and then i mean when we met we had started doing some ux work together and I was just kind of learning about a lot of that. And over the past couple of years, obviously sitting in and listening to these sessions um, and also studying it as much as I can and using the product to make the product better has helped me understand a lot more about it, too. And I think it's actually helped me advance my career as a software developer, too, because not only am I now like I'm going to build the product that my boss is telling me to build, you know, I'm building the product that my customers are telling me to build and I'm building the product that i want as well which changes things dramatically and you're talking about user research specifically, yeah, yeah right? you, actually and not just like conducting the user research because just going and getting it is fine you know i've worked at places that had really um everything from mediocre to, to excellent ux um and varying from person to person and project to project <clears throat> you know it's not necessarily that one place does it very well it's more um, the attitude that people have that changes a lot too, because I remember there was one place that I worked at, uh, a long time ago that I was contracting at where the, the, uh, user experience researcher on this particular project just kept wanting to conduct research, mm-hmm. you know, going back to what I was saying, like they, she just wanted to just do the research to do the research. And then that would prove everything. <laughs> well, you got to remember this research that you're conducting is also targeted at trying to achieve some kind of goal. Usually, totally. right? Well, so, it should be always, not usually yeah. fucking always, yeah. right? Well, so the research for research sake or research simply to back your goal, I think both are incorrect. Mm-hmm. Um, just doing the research to say you did it and check the boxes and then go, look, we validated something. That I already had as a, a belief in the back of my mind. Yeah. Look, I did it. You know, that's good for you, I guess. You get a gold star, pat on the back. But what's really more important is, at least from my perspective, being on, you know, working on Aurelius, working with customers as they reach out to us, 
um, is it's a little different, you know, instead of just saying, let's go collect the stuff. Instead, we're like actively changing the ways that we can collect feedback as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also trying to figure out what the fuck does it mean half the time? Yeah. Because half the time we don't even really know what our feedback means. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you got to spend time. Fig- yeah. That's the biggest piece that's missing most often. And for anybody following along who's seen some of the, any of the videos and stuff or, or other content we've put out, I mean, we talk about that. It's not doing research is like step one, collecting the data. Um, there's probably step two and three or whatever, but they're, they're the end step is what does it mean? Right. Cause mm-hmm. you can't, um, we just finished a podcast where our guest was talking about analytics, for instance, right? And it's one thing to say 44% of people landed on this page. So, so <laughs> you, can't, you can't make a decision from that, right? Well, anyway. Actually, I had the very same discussion with somebody today about, oh, we're collecting all this research and all this data and all these marketing and analysis, and we've got Google Tag Manager and Page Views and Page Speed Insights and Facebook Pixel and like all these tracking devices. I'm like, but why do you have all that on there? You know, I'm talking to you from an architect's (laughs) viewpoint. I'm like, having all these scripts on there is just slowing things down, and you're probably actually detracting from your end goal in the first place. (laughs) And are you even looking at that information? And are you even looking? And how are you looking at it? I want to go back to the one thing you brought up though, Mm -hmm. because that's like that's a humongous problem. And I'm going to reshare a story that I already told you. Um, but you're like, yeah. <clears throat> so there was somebody on whatever project you were talking mm-hmm. about who wanted to do research for research sake or yep. worse yet to prove something that I already believe is true. Yeah. If you're doing that as a researcher, honestly, get the fuck out because <laughs> yeah. no, I'm not even kidding because so, excuse me, I'm going to share this story now, right? A team I was working with, uh, it was for a mobile app. And there were some upcoming changes that we wanted to make, right? And I, re- I remember telling you this story because, you know, spoiler alert, it ended with me having a bit of a standoff mm-hmm. with this person. Mm-hmm. So what happened was uh, this person who was in charge of the mobile app at the time ha- had had a belief, right? An opinion on what should change with the mobile app. Now, here's the interesting part about that. I actually shared that opinion, Right. Mm-hmm. I agreed that that's likely what we should be doing based on what I knew about our customers, based on what I knew how people were using the app, et cetera, et cetera. However, here's where the problem comes in. This person came to me and said, um, yeah, great. So we agree. How do we do the research to back up that we're right? And I said, we got we to <laughs> we gotta back up right there. I mean, right, this person right. basically flat out said that. Yeah. And I said, look, that's not what user research does. That's If we're going into it, only uh, trying to find yeah. evidence to support our point of view, then we're going to find it, right? Like, yeah. no matter what happens. And so anyway, that's self-fulfilling prophecy at that point. You're just, well, you're yeah. just trying to trying to prove yourself right. And anyone who wants to prove themselves right can. Exactly. And that's it's just, just it. debate at that point. It's, that's exactly it. Is like If you're looking for data that tells you something, you'll eventually find it, right? So anyway, I mean, this whole thing ended <laughs> with me in a, in a rather open semi-public area of this office talking to this person rather loudly and saying i am not here to ask permission to do my job this is the way we're going to do it and if you're asking me to only find information that supports your point of view 
I'm not going to do that. Now, mm-hmm. if you're asking me to do a different job, then that's another conversation we should have. And it's probably not the scope of anything that we're talking about right now. <laughs> uh, long story short, we did it the way research should properly be done, which is we had a question to answer, not a point to validate. Mm-hmm. And that's like, it's, it's, it's validating assumptions is a bad, bad deal. I mean, right. don't get me it's wrong. It's not even science at that point. Right. And it's, it's, so you bring up science, right? And like way back, I don't, I think I was talking about this thing, like even before you and I met, which is long time ago. Yeah. But this idea of like the science of UX, I had talked about that as the, the, our decision-making process and like the way we use data is a lot more like science than it is art. Um, because you know, a long time ago, <laughs> it feels like a long time ago for me, there's probably people <laughs> listening to this going like, holy shit, how old are you? <laughs> but a long time ago, when UX started getting legs under itself, a lot of people likened it more to art and mm-hmm. like uh, traditional graphic design. And it's, it's not, I mean, no. we certainly s- steal and have adopted processes and thoughts and, and even methodologies in some ways from those fields, but it's not, it's, I, I argue, and I still will to this day, maybe I'm just that different kind of designer. I, it's well, a lot yeah. more like science to me than it is um, art. No question. I mean, it- yeah, you know, it's interesting because when I first started getting into user experience, it actually was from a the opposite. It was from a science standpoint. It was completely like instead of being yeah. like, I'm a designer and I want to become a better designer and I want people to like my my thing that I'm building better. For me, it was like reading stuff like Tufty, right? And mm-hmm. being like uh, just interesting ways of looking at data. Yeah. And realizing like, oh, if you display data differently, people will interpret it mm-hmm. differently. And then going from that perspective and also being a front-end developer. Um, well, I haven't always been a front-end developer, but that's the majority of what I've done recently, right? <clears throat> that's where my passion really is. So front-end development is has a lot to do with design, but I'm not, well, maybe I am more now, but I didn't consider myself a designer at the time. It was a lot more like somebody else gave me a design and I implemented it. Mm-hmm. Sure. But when someone gives you a design that's fucked up and you look at it and you're like, this is going to be impossible for people to use, or at the very least people aren't going to like it that much. Yeah. You need to be able to say why. Right. (laughs) Well, you're, you're a lot more successful if you can. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's one thing to, again, if it's just a design, I don't like that's different. That's opinion. That's my feeling. And I can voice that opinion and that feeling. But then when it comes down to, whether or not somebody's going to enjoy using it, that's hard to prove because I would have to literally sample every single person on the planet to know whether or not they're going to like this thing. And then, but then how do I determine if it's going to be better or not? Yeah. Well, so, but what you're talking about, because you're stealing from the world of science. Yes. And like, we're not, it's such a, it's such a fine line to walk, right? Because I want to ascribe ourselves to the same tenets and like methods of science. Mm-hmm. But I also, at the same time, want to caution us to be, we're not actually scientists, right? Because right. the rigor of our work is, it's not necessary, <laughs> not to the parallel yeah, and in, even, the, in the world of science, right? Even like software engineering to a large extent, like, yes, I have a bachelor's of science, but, excuse me, but the, I feel like the work that I do is very unscientific. Uh, I think a lot of people hold, you know, I'm not doing a lot of I do some data analysis and I do some cool research and stuff like that. But the majority of what I'm doing is writing some fucking for loops <laughs> or like putting some stuff on a page. You know, yeah. It's not really that advanced. It's difficult to do. And that's it is engineering. It's yeah. like 
engineering is science. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to refute whether or not something is scientific or not. Yeah. Really what I mean is I'm less like a scientist. You know, my wife is a scientist. She works in a laboratory and like uses pipettes all day and <laughs> writes down numbers. And that sounds boring to me. <laughs> like I build shit. I make things. Right. I invent stuff in my opinion, but it's, a, it's not like, I'm not, I'm not hammering something together either, which is like, you know, other forms of mechanical engineering, for example, right. Are like physically cobbling things together. Whereas we're just like typing out some words and hitting go and seeing what happens half the time. Yeah. I mean, what's, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I want to, I'm, I'm happy to straddle the line mm-hmm. and say, we are more like scientists than we are artists. I agree. And, and I think that we should be and embrace that. But yet like our work does not require anywhere near the rigor of, you know, quote unquote, proper right. science. It's an interesting balance between um, art and um, emotion in some ways. Yeah. And then the opposite, taking this unemotional and calculated stance a lot of times too. You know, it's it's a combination of a lot. And I think that's maybe part of why I like it is because I'm, I'm a scientifically minded person, but I'm also, I have a lot of passion. I like yeah. to build stuff that's interesting yeah. and fun. And I like to make products that people enjoy. And that's, I don't know, more important. Well, yeah. Well, so here's the thing. Even as you say that, right? Um, I believe this is where like straddling that line and being able to discern which passions to back up. Yeah. Like, does that make sense? Right? I think so. So because there's, okay, you want to make things that people enjoy. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's very interesting to me that, you know, for anybody who doesn't know us that well, you're more on the engineering-minded side. I'm, mm. much, I'm much more on the design-minded side. It's it's interesting that I'm about to say this, <laughs> but like create or like supporting those passions or emotions in people, I believe can be quantified. Sure. Like as a more qualitative designer, woo kind of guy, yeah. person. Yeah. It's interesting to hear me say that, right? Because I believe those can be quantified, prioritized, and acted on. Mm-hmm. That that seems like somebody. That seems like something a technologist or an engineer would say. But here's why that's actually important to me, though, because something that you said, you were like, oh, well, I kind of got into more UX, uh-huh. right? So, like, full disclosure, your background has been pure technology before that, right? Engineering. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I have a math degree originally and got into computer science when I was actually a teenager, um, building, basically building, you know, little HTML and CSS pages Yeah, back when it was, like, CSS one, right, right. <laughs> and then um, you know got a degree in, in mathematics with a uh, uh, minor in computer science, and then just kind of kept going on the computer science route. Um, yeah, originally, like I thought I was a hardcore scientist compared to a lot of the people I worked with. <laughs> sure, because I came from such a data heavy background. Um, you know, I did a lot of like uh, mathematical modeling, uh, numerical methods, code theory, like that kind of stuff. Um, so really lightweight. Yeah, it's pretty pretty easy <laughs> shit, you know. <laughs> and then, uh, and then you know, I was like, "Well, building websites is fun. I'll just keep doing that." <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, well, here's here's where I was going with this. Sure. The, so that's your background, right? And now you're you're like kind of in UX. Well, shit. We have a company mm-hmm. that supports UX product and research people. Mm-hmm. You kind of have to be. <laughs> but you said that your you felt like your wedge into that doorway was via science, was an interest in science. Yep. The reason that I'm like honing in on that is because you and I have been talking about this recently. I know it has definitely become 
this thing that is top of mind for me of I now believe that we will be more successful at creating more design-led organizations, more research-focused, customer-focused organizations if we can get developers and engineers to give more of a shit about research. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think I think it's really easy to get people from those different, would seem like different worlds to work together. It's not that hard. Like, for example, when we when we first started working together, it was like kind of a new experiment at the company we were at, right? Like, in some way, well, bring us working together as early as we was, as, and that's yeah, before, and it was at the like we're yeah. gonna do research now. I mean, I'm I mean, like when we first met, way before we even dreamt about this company, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what exactly. Yeah, I'm that's right. what I'm referring to as like well. We it was hey, let's get these two groups of people together uh, earlier so that the software we build is better mm-hmm. instead of designing it in a vacuum and then handing it to a developer to yeah. build in a vacuum and then throw over the wall to a QA engineer. Yeah. Well, well, here's the thing though, like in, in, in full, I don't know, I guess just to admit the process we had was every step was really well executed, but mm-hmm. they were disparate, distinct steps. Correct. They were separate. So it was like, we did all the research, figured all that out, made the designs and then handed it off. So it was mm-hmm. like it was still well vetted, but it wasn't as rich and collaborative as it could have been. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And even even when we started doing that work together together, yeah. I don't think it even had re- reached anywhere near its full potential either. Because we didn't know what we were doing yet. Yeah. Well, not in that way. I mean, like yeah. we knew what we were doing individually. But I was kind of just learning from you and you were learning from me. And yeah. a lot of times it was like well, is this more effort than this to build? Or, oh, actually, you could design that slightly differently and it'd be less hard, you know, but that's that's only one aspect of the relationship that development and UX should have together, in my opinion, is, you know, it's one thing to give you estimates or tell you that one thing's easier or harder than another, and it's another to um, bring the perspective of a software developer to the UX table and also help you solve the problems you're trying to solve with the tools that I have and the methodologies that we have available to us. Right. And do that sooner than later, right? Right. And there's other thoughts I'm having on it too that I'll get to maybe, but um, for example, let's go back to the Google Analytics thing, right? Like, oh, we've got all these analytical tools that mm-hmm. we can rely upon, whether it's... uh tracking software or some other thing right or just Mm -hmm. even we've got data in our database that we can pull up and look at right what good is that if you don't know what you're doing with it Mm -hmm. or how to engineer it in a way that's meaningful the tools are getting better and better but just knowing how many people viewed your page and clicked a button doesn't tell you shit right nothing at all and if you've got somebody there who can quantitate that stuff for you a lot better why not use them yeah well, I mean, so we're we're kind of like circling around a couple <laughs> topics here, right? And I mean, the the so there's two. There's there's one, at least for me. There's mm-hmm. two. There's the first one is how you and I work together on understanding what our own customers are saying and needing, yep, and trying to do, and how we use that to make better decisions on what we're doing, right? Yep. 
But then the second one, the second like theme of this that we're chatting about is how uh, someone developer or engineer minded can and should actually benefit from being a part of the research. Mm-hmm. So like, here's an example, right? I'm going to share this because this was, a, this was a big deal. And this is what kind of brought this to my, to the front of my conscience is like, we should be talking about this. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I had been doing a bunch of just connecting with customers as I try to do with our company. Right. And there were some things that came through recently where people were like, Okay, so a little bit of background for anybody listening who's maybe not a customer of Aurelius, although you should be. Um, <laughs> that's the shameless plug for this episode. Okay, so the, so Aurelius helps you, you know, gather, tag, organize, create key insights from all your research data. Part of that is documents. Okay, so one of the things that our customers have been talking about is different ways to work with documents, preview them, get them in to Aurelius. Right now, it's you know, it's a file upload, like you would mm-hmm. imagine. Mm-hmm. So in the process of talking with a handful of customers, one of the things we realize is that a lot of times the the documents or the attachments, whatever you want to call it, that they want to get into Aurelius as part of their research data and tag it and add it to key insights and all that stuff. A lot of times it lives somewhere else. Yeah. And so somebody like was, a dam or something like sure, that. Sure, a dam or a YouTube account or sure. Vimeo, whatever, Dropbox, whatever. Right? Somewhere else. Yep. Um, SharePoint. Oh, God. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, or Confluence, right? Yeah. But here was the rub. Uh, started talking about this idea of like, well, what if, what if I could just get the embed code for yep. the YouTube video or the embed code for and, and then plop in an image or something, right? And this was where like the revelation happened is because I was talking with you about what we were hearing from customers, right? And what they were trying to do. Now we built our, well, not we, you built (laughs) our entire document upload capability, right? And then what happened was through this conversation, like that's gone, launched, it's in the product today. Through this conversation, you were like, oh yeah, well that embed, that would be super easy to do. It would basically solve all those problems. Mm-hmm. holy shit <laughs> and this wasn't anything that either of us had thought about yet that's right? true that's true just the conversation is what kind of popped it out of my head because it's a, a it's a thing that i've built once you know like we, oh i've done that before we could just do that <laughs> yeah well but so my point though is that the difference in perspective uh-huh. of how we translated what that customer and customers were trying to do right right i was like okay we need to improve our previews we need to be we need to support this or support that and this and that right mm-hmm. and okay. you translated that as well you know this thing would basically solve all of that and save us time and quote unquote resources in making it yeah that's that's the holy grail that's what every company is trying to do every company is trying to do more with less like when it boils down to it right Mm -hmm. they want to do the best thing they can with the least amount of time effort and and resources so here's a question for you based on that experience i i know you very well you and i have worked together for a long time we basically operate on the same wavelength how does somebody who is working with someone that they barely know at work or maybe they know okay, uh, how do they get that kind of conversation going? How do they get that those perspectives out there? Yeah, I mean, this is a great question. I don't know that I have the perfect answer for that. I don't mm-hmm. know that I have a good answer for it. I'll answer it based on what I know. I mean, 
so I'll go back to kind of what you were saying. Like, oh, I know you. I understand you. Well, first of all, you got to understand the people you're fucking working with. Like, yeah. And and one of those things are, <clears throat> you know, what's important to an engineer? What's important to a developer? Mm-hmm. What's important to a business person? So we're not talking about that, right? But for a developer, an engineer. I mean, I would I would actually turn the question on you right now. Let's do it live. Let's do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. <laughs> so I'll turn the question on you and, and ask you, why do you care about what customers say about our product? Like, why do you want to know? Why do you care? Why do you want to be involved in that? From a developer standpoint? Yeah. I want this stuff I built to get used. That's all there is to it. I want people to enjoy it. I don't know how many people I've talked to in the past who've spent time and effort at a company that they worked at and built something that they're proud of that either never sees the light of day or is used by a very small subgroup of people and basically is just on life support at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, it happens all the time. Yeah. Um, it's rare to build something, at least in my opinion, it's rare to build something that either is, um, there's, you know, is it something that's getting pushed on people is a different thing you know like if it's a corporate tool yeah. that you have to use that's that's a different thing entirely um those can't but you can still make that interesting and fun for people to use or at least um tear down the problems that those user users will encounter otherwise because it's easy to say oh that's just an internal tool that someone's going to use like for example I'm helping a company build they rebuild their entire admin uh, portion of their application, right? We just launched their consumer application, rebranded it, relaunched it. Uh, and now I'm going to be helping architect their entire admin portion of it. And their admin site is just like a, a big mess of stuff right now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like uh, old .NET applications with Angular code slapped on it here and there and maybe some backbone here and there, right? And it's the user experience is atrocious. Like there, I remember there's a, there's a page where we're trying to add a, where we're trying to, um, it was as, as simple as I want to add a customer. Like the cus- I'm going to sign the customer up for them basically. It's yeah. like, that's the task I want to do. Manually, sure. Manually. And it's just like this really fucking weird form. That's just, it's complicated and there's drop down menus everywhere. And like, it doesn't make any sense. And like, depending on what you pick, the form changes and, there's easy ways to just think about that stuff yeah. and rebuild it a little bit and be like, there, now it's a pleasure to use, or well, at least like by and large, down. By and large, yeah. a lot of that shit has gone away. Because yeah. you're, de- you're talking about that like developer-designed type thing, right? Yeah. Here's the only reason why I even like had to jump on that point is because you were saying, like, I want people to use the stuff that I build. Do you feel like the majority of engineers and developers feel that way, or do they just want to build stuff? Yes, to both points, I think I think to some degree everybody has the desire for it to be cool. <clears throat> we want to build cool stuff, but not everybody. There are people who have been at their jobs built slugging away uh, at this corporate gig for twenty five years, and they just want to get their next paycheck. We can't help that, mm. you know. Um, maybe we can. I don't know. Maybe like you and I can with what we're doing. Maybe we can. Sure, but. I don't think that like that's the scope of what we're talking about. Um, I think what we mean is like people who are excited about building software. What what gets them revved up is building something neat that people are going to use. And like, is it the idea of the software itself that's cool? Is it the 
execution of it that's cool? Is it the tools I get to use that built that uh, to build it with? Is it the design that we create? Those are all cool things, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's not just I want to build the next Facebook or Google. Like I just want to build a thing that is like cool, looks cool, uses cool tech. That's always a turn on for me, right? Some cool sure. tech. Um, and like then once you've gotten that, you have your doors kind of open up to be able to explore and build newer and cooler things. Like you just keep adding in those tools, right? Like as like the document thing, right? Like that was that was just something I built a long time ago, but it's an idea that we've kept in our pocket and you can pull it out anytime you want. And then you can build upon that and keep changing it, keep building it. I mean that's I'm kind of on a rant now, but when it comes to to um the way that companies like us, you know, small companies that can move fast, we move fast and we have to keep building things and keep mm-hmm. changing things and being iterative as fast as possible is important. And that's that's fun too, in my opinion. Just being able to build stuff over and over and over and get, make it better and better and better is cool. Yeah. What about how do you know? So, right, like that's just it is how, make it better and better. There's there's the technology side of it that makes right. it better and better. The technology standpoint is easy. You can make you, a loop, well. You would think you can make a loop more efficient, right? That, yeah, you that can, I can, you measure, can optimize. But that's the thing. You're measuring. You're taking. You're analyzing it, measuring it, testing it, right? Yeah, I'm going to cut right through the crap cake. Here's what I'm yeah. here's what I'm suggesting flat out is is it possible that you just simply give a shit more about customers and how this thing lives in the world than maybe other developers and engineers? Is that what's going on? Personally, maybe I can't speak for everybody, but I I feel like I do. Yeah. Well, so like there's there's our challenge is because I believe firmly um, and if if there is no other evidence than you and I, it's evidence enough that when people on the technology engineering development side of the world care more about research, mm. care more about understanding customers, everybody's job gets better. Oh, I totally everybody's agree. work I totally gets agree. better. Not so to I, mention, not to mention, I'm going to be fighting for UX then instead of fighting against them, right? Well, right. And so, like, this is the point. I'm. This is actually the point I'm making. Is like, is the first problem just the people problem totally you've got to get the who all, before all the what. human problems are the human problem well right but <laughs> but so here's because here's the issue is we talk with a lot of super smart guests who are doing some really interesting things mm. and i can't help but wonder is it only because they have the right people in place and it's probably then, part of it and then they get the right like I think processes and procedures and operations or whatever. Yes. Here's what I want to do. Yes. Like, I'm going to say yes. <laughs> well, because I have witnessed this so many times over the years that we try to put blame on those things that are not our fault, you know, like processes and uh, procedures and things like that, or interdepartmental warfare or whatever it is, right? Where, where, I've worked at enough big, small companies, corporations, enterprises to startups where we can, I think, I know that getting the right people together have the, they have a unified vision or at least a unified um, desire to help someone's vision become a real, a real, a reality, become the real deal to build that together is the most important thing when it comes to your product. If it's a product, you know, whatever it is that mm-hmm, you're building. Mm-hmm. If you don't have that, you're going to have problems. 
Yeah. In my opinion, that's one of the biggest things that I've struggled with over the years is when you work at, I've worked at corporations that have, that have been humongous and had great success on particular projects because everybody on that project was rallied around an idea and wanted to solve it in the right, in the best ways and work together. And I've worked at startups that are massive the same way, but I've also worked at startups that have failed because everyone's trying to compete or people have differing opinions that they're not willing to work together on. Well, and I've worked in companies where both, you know, the department of UX and the department of developers are two completely separate things. And all they want to do is fight with each other because fucking UX keeps changing stuff. And now I got to build it this way because why we can't even finish the project. Cause I'm rebuilding it all the time for them. Cause they're doing all this dumb research. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. we're going to edit that part out. No, <laughs> um, no, well, here's the thing though, right? Like you are, you're so you're talking about that, which all of that to me sounds like everybody cares about the research, whether or not they admit it because, yes. because um, getting people rallied around a central idea. Well, where's that central idea come from? If it just comes from somebody who works at the company, sure. Wrong. Sure. Right. Well, I mean, you've got, you've got different, different kinds of, that's the thing that I keep kind of coming back to is that we've got all these different ideas and all these different people who see things differently. And, and that's just it. Yeah. Is that all of a sudden, if you've got everybody with the same set of information or the same insights to look mm-hmm. at, some of us look at it and go, well, you know, if we did the embed thing, it solves all these problems and it's actually pretty easy to do. Right. And then somebody, and then you've got somebody with a different perspective that goes, wow, you know, that would actually allow us to serve people in this way. And, and based on what I heard, this is like that level and priority of need. And it does actually more than you even think in terms of just the solution, the technology to it. Right. Mm-hmm. But all of that was around that central idea of, and again, obviously I'm using the example between you and I, but you could see how this would like scale to a team of 20 people yeah, where easily. everybody's like, oh, I get it. The customer's trying to do this thing. We know that because we talked with them. We were all, maybe not there physically or, you know, theoretically, we're all there hearing. Sure. What? Communicating that can get hard, though, right? The bigger the the group of people. Sure. Definitely. Well, I mean, there's, so there's a couple things with this, right? Research and um, doing research, communicating research. There's a lot of misconceptions around this. Yeah. The first one being it takes a bunch of time and effort. That's just false. It takes as much time and as much effort as <laughs> you choose. That's honestly. Um, and I know I might get raked over the coals a little bit from the research community on this. But yes, the more rigor you place around it, the more scientific and the more confidence you can have. But guess what? That only really matters in some pretty highly regulated industries. For the most part, like you were just saying, mm-hmm. we're building fucking buttons and forms. Yeah. Like, we're not, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's, yes, there are those of us who are I mean, working. Let's face it, the majority of the people who probably listen to this and the majority of the people that we work with are usually just, you know, not just, but are building apps, we're building websites, we're building digital stuff. Yeah. Stuff. Digital <laughs> stuff that doesn't. That is important in a yeah. great many people's lives, but not mission critical, right? So if you work at NASA, if you work at Boeing, if you work at um, the CDC, yeah, you should do more rigorous research than what I'm recommending right now. And I've been part of those projects. I've set up those kinds of projects before, right? Mm-hmm. But I, but having done those and worked in software, apps, 
digital stuff for a long time, I can tell you, you do not need that to get the answers right. to be able to rally people around an idea. Usually, from my perspective, all I've ever had to do is go find the data to support either the... Well, and that's the thing, is you can find the data to support your opinion, or you can find the data and figure out what that means. If you figure out what it means and can prove it and show it to people, you usually can get them to rally around whatever that is. But my argument is that we should be doing that together. Like, look Correct. at that. So, for instance, even though, okay, so we're a two-person company. It's you, it's it's me, <laughs> right? And so while I might be <laughs> the person talking with customers 98% of the time, I don't just come back to you and say, here's what we heard, this is what we got to do, right? That's not what we do. What we do... <laughs> no, that wouldn't work. <laughs> is I, well, right, is I bring that back and I say, here's what we're hearing. Here's what I think this yeah. means. You talk about what you think it means. We create a shared understanding together. Yep. And the, you know whether or not you're going to say it, I'll say it. I believe that makes your work better. I believe that makes you, yeah, not only more personally fulfilled in what we're doing here, mm -hmm. but I think it makes the work better. Yeah, it does. Like down to the brass tacks, the for loops, and, <laughs> and all that, right? Like it makes those better. Yeah. How do we get people to, I don't know. I mean, what we're chasing after here is we want, mm -hmm. we want to evangelize this idea that developers have a stake in the research. Developers have a stake in the experience. And in fact, when they do, the product is better. Absolutely. It absolutely 100% is better. And I can prove it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's true. Uh, any... Anytime I've ever had a relationship with my customers, I have understood the problem better. Anytime I've had a relationship with my stakeholders, I've understood their perspective better. Anytime I've had a relationship with user experience, I've learned a lot more from the things that they can give to me as well, right? There's, there's, everyone should be working better together, but that's difficult to do across the entire organization it's not everywhere can you go directly to the ceo like i can in a lot of places or here <laughs> yeah know? and just go what do you think yeah but if you've got the shared understanding between you and the, and the department right next to you probably is ux right as a developer if you build a good rapport with them and a good relationship with them and work together to achieve these these like shared ideas and goals and visions and, and stuff collaborate. That's all it is, is collaborating. It becomes easier to take that up to the next level, right? Mm -hmm. Like here we've compiled this documentation. I've put my data into Aurelius, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. uh, and I can now share it out above us and then they'll get hooked on the idea as well. Sure. And then I think at that point it just keeps growing. You know, I just keep thinking of this basic idea of ratio. Okay, let's break this down. On the teams you've worked on in the past, the teams mm -hmm. I've worked on in the past, the companies I've worked at in the past, the ratio was like three to one developer to designer. A lot of the time, maybe more in some cases. Or maybe usually, usually more where I've worked. Yeah, there's usually like a small department of UX, um, even at big ass Fortune 500 companies. There's a department of like five to 15, maybe, right? 
And then there's like two floors of developers. <laughs> Bingo. Bingo. Now here, now here's like, here's where I'm going with that is the ratio of people who are quote unquote, supposed to care about the customer yeah. versus people who are quote unquote, supposed to care about engineering and technology. What a load of horse shit. No shit. All of those people should care about the customer needs and serving them. Just because we have different functions, mm. we are all responsible for understanding the needs of and delivering solutions for the needs of our customers. Otherwise, you don't have a job. <laughs> Otherwise, you don't have a job. There's no, yeah, nobody would work there. If but you don't here's have a why product. I brought up the ratio thing is, you know what? I think I just, I think I just figured it out. Maybe okay. not figured it out, but I had a really good idea. Okay. Uh, developers and engineers complain just as much as UX people. Like, why, why are we building this? This is a stupid idea. Yada, yada, yada. Well, uh -huh. guess what? There's 30 of you folks to yeah. our, the three designers. If mm -hmm. all of us are like, hey, we know what customers need together. Yeah. And we help influence those decisions that get made. Software gets better. Products get better. Services get better. Technology yeah. gets better. Designs get better. It's like what I was talking about before. What the <clears throat> some a lot of developers feel like UX just hands them new designs every now and then, and they have to just keep fucking changing stuff. And they feel like order takers. Yeah. You, so right yeah. now, Zach and Joseph are giving you permission. It's your responsibility to ask, "What do we know from customers as to why we're building this? Do we have good insights to back up why this is a feature that we should do?" Developers have just as much of a right Absolutely. to ask for customer <clears throat> if, insights. If anything, the developers should be demanding data, right? Exactly. Well, yeah. And Qualitative so, like, research of some kind. Anything, right. So, uh, yeah, because data can be a little misleading, yeah. like not hard, objective numbers necessarily. Sure. Although but, that can, it can come in the form of that sometimes. Or, yeah, but I mean, it's pretty convincing when you just look at, at like, here's a bunch of MailChimp surveys that we sent out and we compiled it and we synthesized it and we found that like people really fucking hate our signup form so we're redesigning it and we um spent the the x amount of time on uh and like redesigned it together and why we redesigned it was because of this then you can be like oh okay well did you think of this you might have one of those right and you've already at that point you've already engaged in conversation Mm -hmm. which is already opening up new doors and new possibilities and potentially making something even better. Yeah. Number one, by me asking you that I have not only understood your opinion or not even just your opinions, the, the reason why I'm being told to rebuild the signup form in this example, but now I'm, now I have a reason to critique it rather than just, this is stupid. Why am I doing this? Yeah. I can say, well, you know, actually there's, this new thing that I read about, I saw this cool example on this other website. Um, you know, I, I'm on CodePen a lot and somebody made this neat thing. We could try this. And then you actually have something to connect it to. Bingo. It's not just cool new tech that I want to try. It's, it is, but then it is. But it all. Should, but I'm saying it's not just. <laughs> right. That, so I qualify. It's not right. just that. Right. Oh, it's, you hit it the nail on the head, it's, though. It's doing that and the reason why we should try that is because it helps us solve these customer needs better. Bingo. And what I'm suggesting is like why... I don't even know why we're asking the question, how do we get developers to care more about research? They do. I think they just don't know it. Yeah, that could be. Like, 
anybody who's doing development or engineering at a company who doesn't have a clearly defined problem that we're trying to solve, like most of those people are going to ask that question. If they don't have what they deem is an acceptable answer to that question, they're they're going to get kind of disgruntled. They're like, this doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know why I'm building this. I can build that for you, but I don't know why. I don't, I don't know. I don't believe that it's a good idea. And what I'm saying is actually, maybe it's not the question to ask, how do we get more people to care about it? Maybe the, maybe the thing to figure out is how do we get more people to feel like they have the right to stand up and go, I don't think we know why we're doing this. I don't believe we understand our without, customers and their needs better, good with, enough to do without this. Without simply doing it to be a dick. Because <laughs> I've, I've worked with some people who do that. Yeah, well, guess what? There's everything. UX designers who do that too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. That's what I'm saying. Some of the worst people I've worked with for UX. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, there's, um, I work with developers all the time. Developers aren't necessarily always the most personable people. Mm. So that's might be part of the problem as well. But I think, I think things are changing enough nowadays where, um, we understand that the functions overlap a little bit between developers and designers. And we know that developers are more than just guys building for loops in a basement somewhere. You know, they're, they're taking the design and making it a reality. Yeah. Right. And why not go from take, go from taking a design to contributing to a design, the helping design. It's way more fulfilling in my opinion. I've been doing it for a while now and it's awesome. Yeah. Not, yeah. Not doing your part in the creation, but understanding. Design sounds hard. It's not. And development sounds hard. It's not. They are if you don't understand it. So understand it. Learn from each other. Well, I mean, therein lies the thing, right? Is well, and that's. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to react to that because it's like each each independent practice is very nuanced and very complicated. Sure. sure. And that's why we have people who. I'm are not trying to trivialize. Specialize. You know what I mean? Each. I mean, like to me. This thing is easy because I do it all the time. Yeah. So this person, this thing is easy because they do it all the time. Yeah. Or maybe they are difficult and we're both working in a place where we don't know what we're doing that well. And we need to learn from each other just to get better at the thing that we do already. You know, if I was a designer and I'm, and I felt overwhelmed um, or like I bit off more than I could chew or I got put on a new project that scared the bejesus out of me, I'd go talk to the fucking developers and be like, what can you know? What can you do easily? What can we build easily? What can we do? And then to make this more of a success, yeah, that's even something you can do. Like just talking to each other makes things better. Yeah, there's definitely that. I mean, <laughs> probably ranting at this point. <laughs> You're definitely ranting at this point, but I think there's good stuff coming out of it. Why? Why should developers and UX work together? I don't how, think it's a question of why. I, I think how, everybody how agrees. How can they work together more? I was just going to say, I don't think anybody disagrees that they should work together more. Yes, it's mm-hmm. how. Just fucking do it. It's not that hard to go over and talk to somebody. Walk over and say, hey, you're the new so-and-so, or you're the person here who knows a lot about this subject. I want to learn more about it. Tell me about it. Tell me how it works. Show me what you're doing. You know, actually. 15 minutes. That's all it takes. Yeah. You know, actually, one of the things I thought of. Um, because this is like an underpinning of everything we're talking about right now. I believe a lot of designers and product teams, product leaders, product managers, sometimes they get this like territory mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they're like, well, we're the ones who are supposed to define the solution and 
and then development is supposed to execute on that. Well, that's not true. Because if you have smart people and their speciality happens to be engineering or development, they're still problem solvers. Mm-hmm. And they're still people who can contribute to the forming of the solution. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he- here's, here's the thing I think. Step one. We'll have other podcast episodes maybe to talk about this. But step one <laughs> is engineers, developers. If nobody else does, I and Joseph, we're giving you the right to say, well, I need to be part of this. Mm-hmm. to do my job better because that's what my job is. My job is to understand customers and build something that meets their needs. Yeah. You have the right, you have the license to do that. And you can send them to this episode and, tell, any, them, and tell them these jokers told me that I have the right <laughs> to do that. If anything, you have the necessity to do so. Exactly right. And then on the flip side of that, designers, developers, re- or, I'm sorry, designers, researchers, product managers, you should take it upon yourself to ask those people mm-hmm. on engineering and developing, what do you think of the solution we're putting together before you ever create anything? Yeah. Even just the idea of it. I would go even further. Not even the idea yet. Mm-hmm. Here's what we know. What should our ideas be? Those people in technology, development, engineering, should be there helping you figure out what ideas there are to pursue. You got to remember that. Yeah. Software engineers... Engineering technology people are problem solvers by nature. It's what they do. So help them get them to solve, get them to help you solve your problems. Give them the same information, the same data you have and allow them to give you that different perspective that like, again, just you and I, and we are pretty mind meld. We think a lot alike. Mm -hmm. And yet that was a massive, profound difference in how we interpreted what happened there. True. And that was like, holy shit. <laughs> we can just do that. We can just work on that. Yep. And that led to, I mean, that led to literally a an entire evolution of our company. Not that specific instance, but working that way did. Working that way did, definitely. Because it was like problem after problem after problem. You and I see in different ways. And sometimes it's even like we see it in different ways, but we don't realize how 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 that impacts things right like for example i say we could do it this way and to me it's just like we could do it that way but you know do we need to i don't know Mm -hmm. and then you're like holy shit (laughs) holy shit do you have any idea how much that like that that impacts this business because then we can do this and we can do that and we can get this i didn't know that and then vice versa it happens all the time too where you'll say you want or well okay vice versa is I say that we have to do something. And then from your perspective, you see another nuanced thing that I didn't think about. Mm-hmm. It happens all the time. Yeah. We're looking at the situations with our own lenses, which is, yep. which is a good thing. Yeah. Invite more of those different lenses into your ideation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Developers, engineers demand that you're part of that designers researchers product people actively seek out their participation stop collaborate and listen <laughs> you're all good that's yeah here we go should we exit with some vanilla ice now i guess
All right. What other way is there to do it? No, we're gonna get copy. We'll have copyright infringement doing that. I don't think so. There's a there's there's a lot of podcasts I listen to that like have had hundreds of episodes where they use a different song in every episode. Really? It's like there's I think there's a certain amount of audio you're allowed to use, like for a certain number of seconds, and if you keep it under that, it doesn't count. Um, especially if you're not selling something. I think. I'd have to double check. But. Yeah, okay. We good? Yeah, I think so.